Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Sunday, July 2nd. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself, wishing you a happy and joyous Independence Day weekend. In light of that, in light of, I guess, our focus on our nation and its founding and the freedom that it provides, I want to go over a few cases that were decided this week by the Supreme Court, but not in great detail. I want to go over them because at the end of that, I want to share with you something that's much closer to home for me and for you, and to contrast, in a way, what happens on the national scale versus what happens in our own lives. So let me start with the first case, which is the Students for Fair Admissions versus the President and Fellows of Harvard University. This was the case that ended affirmative action as a policy for admissions to universities. My personal opinion on this, because that's all I can give you, is my personal opinion, both as an attorney, but also, I guess, just as a citizen thinking from a, I would say, common sense perspective, You can't cure historical discrimination by instituting present-day discrimination. You can't cure the problem with what caused the problem. And so while no one would deny that discrimination has taken place in our nation's history, and in places it still does, although to a significantly lesser degree than it once did, beginning to discriminate against Asian and white students because black students are given preferential treatment when it comes to admission in order to compensate for our history is not a cure. It's a new problem, and it will create newer problems down the road. You know, for me as a Jew, I look at the history of the Jewish people. For thousands of years, Jewish people have been enslaved. They've been discriminated against in every single country and in every single culture that they have been in, that they have found themselves as a result of what's called the diaspora, their dispersion after the fall of the Second Temple in historical Israel. They have been nearly annihilated, we know, in and during the Second World War. For thousands of years, this has gone on, but no one provided affirmative action in any way, shape, or form, either educationally or in the business world, no one offered affirmative action as a way to cure the problem. The Jewish people cured it themselves, no matter where they were ever dispersed to, no matter what oppression they lived under. They valued several things. They valued their Bible, the Torah, the first five books of Moses, They valued learning and education above all else. They valued the family unit. They valued their responsibility to the generations that followed them. They valued their commitment to the tradition that preceded them. This kept the Jews, no matter where they were, no matter how they were oppressed, 
focused on constantly surviving and bettering themselves so that if and when the moment came that they had the opportunity to live freely, they would basically be up and running and ready to do that. The problems to cure historical discrimination in the United States that took place as the result of slavery and its aftermath is multifaceted. But one of those facets is not being addressed at all. And it's the family unit and the culture within the black community and what is going on in major cities in this country that are run by the Democratic Party, where black ghettos still exist, where black on black crime is through the roof, and where none of that is addressed. And so affirmative action in universities, giving preferential to less qualified black students than to Asian or white students is not the remedy. You know, I was reading, and I I continue to read this book, I've referenced it now in several podcasts called um, The Trial of a Century, which is the Scopes Trial, which is what was nicknamed the Scopes Monkey Trial. And address the teaching of evolution in school. And I read a line this week in the book that ignorance and bigotry go hand in hand. And I think that's true. It was true then what oppressed the Jewish people in every culture in which they lived, in every nation in which they lived. It was ignorance of what Judaism was, what it supported, what it advocated, what it was founded and based upon. It was ignorance that created the bigotry And it's the same ignorance that creates bigotry wherever it exists. And I would argue it's ignorant today to be bigoted against Asian and white people in an attempt to cure a problem that is centuries old and multifaceted. Just my thoughts, everybody. Just my personal thoughts. The second case is the case that was brought by, I think, seven or ten Uh, Republican states attorneys general against the Biden administration and its plan to wipe out billions of dollars in student debt that was not authorized by Congress. Congress being the branch of the government that, so to speak, holds the purse strings on how tax dollars are to be used. So after that decision came down, which ended that program, which said it was unconstitutional, The executive branch, by executive order, was found to be unconstitutional, but that's not going to stop Biden. He's going to go ahead and attempt to end-run the branch of the government, our tripartite governmental system, congressional, executive, and legislative branch. Each were created as a check and a balance upon the other. He's going to ignore that constitutional construction, and he's going to figure out a way to basically ignore the Supreme Court's decision, even though it is there, the Supreme Court, specifically to check the abuse of power in one of the other two branches. And the third case is 303 Creative LLC versus Alenis et al., et al. meaning and others. So 303 Creative was a, or is a, Colorado graphic artist's business, and she declined to design wedding websites for same-sex couples. The court ruled in a, I think, 6-3 to ruling 
finding that the First Amendment prohibits, in other words, does not allow a state from forcing a designer to express messages that are contrary to her religious belief. So in essence, states cannot force the artist or anyone to create speech that would violate their own free speech rights. The lawyer for uh, Ms. Smith, who owns 303 Creative, um, 303 Creative, the lawyer, Kristen Wagoner, said the following. Well, number one, she reiterated what the decision was. And she said, and this is very important that you understand the distinction, because a lot of people said that this was a you know, a conservative court that was ruling in violation of a, a person's individual civil rights. But Wagoner made the point that the decision hinges on the message being requested, not on who's making the message. So it's not discrimination because disagreement isn't discrimination. And the government can't mislabel speech as discrimination for the sole purpose of censoring it. Realizing this, the court's saying that the plaintiff, Ms. Smith, isn't discriminating against the couple because they are same sex. It's the message they want her to put on the website she designs. That message conflicts with her religious belief. It's not that she's discriminating against the couple. She's discriminating against the message. That's very important. She was being forced by the state to create speech artistically that is in opposition to and violates her First Amendment right of freedom of religion. The comments by the president post that decision are abhorrent, in my opinion. Number one, he said this isn't a, quote, normal court, end quote. Well, of course it's a normal court. It was constituted the way all courts are constituted, all Supreme Court cases, all Supreme Court courts, rather, and that is they're appointed by the president. Sometimes the court winds up being more liberal based on the timing of justices retiring or dying and who the president is at the time that those seats are filled. So this is a normal court. What Biden meant was it's too conservative for his taste. And secondly, just like with the affirmative action decision, he's going to figure out a way to disregard the judicial branch, which, as I said earlier, is a check and balance on the way our government is supposed to operate. And lastly, there's a fourth story this week. And that story doesn't have to do particularly with a, with a case, although it may eventually and to some extent it does. It, it has to do with prosecution of Hunter Biden and the deal that he cut. But more importantly, it's the ongoing of uncovering of corruption by President Biden and his son. So James Comer, the congressman who is running the committee on investigating everything we now know about the laptop and about subsequent payments from foreign entities to the Bidens, James Comer has come out this week and said, those payments total, they now estimate, based on what they know of bank records and other whistleblower testimony, those payments to the Biden total as much as $40 million from foreign entities, some of them not our friends, flowing through 20 
LLCs, limited liability corporations, that were set up deliberately by the Bidens for no other reason than to funnel money illegally through those accounts. So a couple of the things that have come to light are, number one, pressure, a pressure campaign by Hunter Biden, and presumably at this point, his father, his uncle, whoever else is involved from his family, a pressure campaign to get communist Chinese energy executives to pay money to the Bidens. And that was the WhatsApp message that was made public this week, where Hunter Biden says he's sitting with his father while he is WhatsApping the member of the Communist Chinese Party, who he, he, Hunter Biden, is now in business with. He's saying he's sitting with his father, and he's saying his father will do everything in his power if that money doesn't come through. And he specifically said, as in immediately, as in tonight. Secondly, classified memos that were improperly stored in an unsecured garage in Delaware. Thirdly, an FBI informant's allegation of bribery in Ukraine involving the Bidens, specifically Joe Biden. And lastly, a false claim of Russian disinformation that we now know took place in order to sway an election, and that was the 2020 election. Well, they attempted in 2016, and it went on all the way through 2020. All of these issues, this was a huge news week. It's almost... It's almost impossible to get your mind around everything and to be fully informed about all of it. There's so much there, and it's so deep in each of those issues. So when you think about all these issues, affirmative action, the executive order to forgive student loan debt, the free speech issue, the Biden corruption issue, we as individuals in our everyday lives cannot affect these things. They're too big. They're beyond our power as individuals on an everyday basis. They're literally outside of our immediate control. And that often makes us feel disempowered or frustrated because we are unable to affect them. And we may have strong feelings about them in either direction. I'm not saying where you should stand on them. I'm just saying that regardless of where you stand, pro or con on any of them, you as an individual in your everyday existence have very little ability to immediately and forcefully impact them in any way. But some things are ours to impact immediately. And that's really what I want to share with you. And that's where all of this has been leading. Last night, I opened my front door about dusk, and as I did, I saw a woman in the cul-de-sac where my house is, and she was walking a dog. And I waved and said hi to her, because in Texas, people are like that. Everybody's friendly. And I knew she didn't live on the street, because I didn't recognize her. So I just assumed she was visiting someone, and she was walking her dog. And when I waved and said hi, she yelled back, I don't know where I am. So I immediately grabbed my phone and closed my front door, and I walked out to talk with her. And she began to tell me the following, that she had come up to where I live, the city I live in, from, and she had come from Georgetown, which is about an hour away. She had come with a friend, and the friend came to visit a man that she knew here. And this woman had left the house to walk the dog, 
and she got lost. She didn't know where she was, and she couldn't find her way back to the house where her friend and her friend's significant other was living. She thought she knew his name, but she wasn't sure the name of the man who they had come to visit. And so I began to question her, do you know what kind of car you came in? Maybe we can find the car in a driveway. And she knew that it was gray, but she didn't know what it was. She thought it was like an SUV, but not an SUV. And I said, well, let's walk down the street and see if we can find the car. And as we walked, she shared with me that she has memory problems. And I asked her some more questions. She began to tell me that she was intending with her friend to drive to Dallas tomorrow morning because they were flying to Mexico. And I said to her, with your memory problems, are you at all concerned about going to Mexico in the morning? And her response was, no, no, no. When I get to Mexico, I'll know exactly where I am. It's this neighborhood that's confusing. So then I asked her where she planned to leave the dog when she was flying to Mexico. And she hesitated for about 30 seconds, and I could see her thinking, thinking, thinking for an answer. And she finally said, oh, he's going with me. I take the dog everywhere. We walked down the street. We even turned the corner and walked up another street. And she could not find the car. She wasn't sure even where it was or if this was the right color. And I realized finally that my only option was going to be to call the police. So I did. I called 911 as I stood with her. I explained to the officer who took the call what was going on, that I lived at such and such address, that I'm an attorney, that I walked outside, saw the woman, and I was with her at the moment. She clearly doesn't know where she is, and she has memory issues. Obviously, early dementia. I didn't say that out loud. I was standing with her out of respect for her. And he told me to stay there and that they would send a car. And he did. In about less than 10 minutes, two police cars pulled up and they got out and they began to converse with her. And the conversation was equally confusing for them. And at one point, she said something that was incredibly inappropriate of a sexual nature. And it was clear that this woman is ill. At that point, there was not much more that I could do, and I said to the officer that I needed to go. I did. I needed to get back to my home, and he said, no problem, and she said to me, you're an angel. Thank you, and I said, I hope everything works out. As I walked home, I thought about what had just happened on several levels. One, I thought about how that could be me or anyone else and how terrifying that must be for the woman, and how many people in this country are living in exactly that situation. She shared with me that she doesn't live with anyone. I can't know if that's true, but it could be true. There are probably hundreds of thousands of elderly people in this country, maybe millions living alone, who have cognitive disabilities as they are aging, and what do they do? How do they get by? Some with family who doesn't care and some with no family. It was a very riveting moment. I had experienced something similar only once in my life previously, and it was when my father was dying, and his situation was from a lack of oxygen to his brain due to heart failure. And it only lasted a few days, and his confusion was clearly due to that. 
But I saw what that confusion is like, and I can only imagine if you are still fairly functional, physically ambulatory and able to take care of yourself, and yet the mind is going. It's an issue that we should be grappling with as a nation, I would argue, with a much greater influenced population than people who are trans or one addresses women who may be men, a much greater percentage of the population is being affected by that condition than by the condition of transgenderism. And so maybe our focus is very off from where it ought to be on other things like the high suicide rate among veterans and among young people, or in this instance, the dementia rate or the Alzheimer's statistics. But most importantly, from the highest possible vantage point, I want to make this observation. No, you and I can't do anything about affirmative action or executive orders or the violation of free speech or corruption in the Biden family. But we can do something every day when we open the door to our homes and walk outside. Because every single day, you and I will encounter something in the course of our day that the universe or God or circumstance or synchronicity or whatever you want to call it, even by accident, puts in front of us to deal with. That is within our control. That is within our power. That is ours to do. And so if you feel disempowered about the big picture, take heart. Tomorrow, you'll open your door and somewhere in the course of your day, you will encounter someone or something that needs your assistance. Stop what you're doing and give it. We save the world one soul at a time. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again next Sunday. And until I am, have a wonderful week. Bless this nation. Enjoy the independence of it all. And above all, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.